You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to a, a to another episode of the Drive Time Show. Myself, Zakaria here, with uh, joined with uh, Saad Ahmed, my co-presenter. It's been a while, Saad, uh, since we have, you know, spoken or yes. even discussed the. Uh, you know, uh, on on Voice of Islam for a very long time, isn't it? Of course. How are you, brother? Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum. First of all, and peace be upon you all, all the listeners out there, and and thank you for such a kind welcome, <laughs> Zakaria. It's always you know, it's always nice to be here with you, speaking about very important topics. Similarly, these topics are very close to us. It's going to be very t- those topics which we try to get out to people's awarenesses mm-hmm. so we as a general public know about what's happening around the world yep and what's happening within our own house meaning in the uk what's happening in our own backyard also definitely so you know Zakaria, if you can kindly hit us off what are today's two topics yeah so um for those who are familiar to our drive time show uh we basically um introduce two shows or two uh different topics for Correct. the two hours right so first hour we will be discussing war and children uh, and and the impact that uh, the future generations will have specifically because of war and you know that war is happening in uh, different places of the world especially uh, one we have in ukraine the other one which is happening is the Israel and Gaza or Israel-Hamas uh, war. So war definitely has an impact on the uh, you know future generations. And to get everyone ready for the second hour as well, we are discussing uh, road safety. So, uh, you know, uh, the road safety, something that we were going to specifically touch upon this topic is... 20 miles per hour yes is it, it should this be implemented in all the populated areas or you know busy areas um where people uh, you know live the these streets are narrow etc etc so should this be implemented around the whole uk and other countries as well so this is something we will be you know for the second well. hour it's it's quite unique i will touch upon it on the second hour anyways mm-hmm. but 20 miles per zone I want to ask our listeners today should it be implemented throughout the UK so you can DM us directly on at Voice of Islam UK uh, via Instagram or Twitter uh, formerly known as Twitter or now known as X um, you can just message us directly there should there be a 20 mile per hour zone throughout the UK if so why if not tell us why so we can also relate Okay, this is what our listeners have to say about this very um um, topic about the 20 miles per hour zones but let's go back to our first um topic of today's show which about which is about war children the impact on our future generations mm-hmm. this is a very heartbreaking situation that you know children whenever mm-hmm. it comes because they are the next generation right right yeah they are the ones who will be the leaders who mm-hmm. will be looking out for the world but we at this time are leaving the world as such a state that what can they do in the future for them? Mm-hmm. You know, war is a horrendous experience for um, anyone, um, uh, any military personnel, let alone children. You know, the videos which we are um, seeing on social media is being circulated. I'm sure all our listeners have seen them also. They're quite heartbreaking 
be it from wherever it is, right? Mm. Um, but they are always so heartbreaking when you see children crying and asking where the father or the mother is, or what can they do at this moment? Right. You know. I I just want to say one thing. You see, when you see something um, on the TV, on newspaper, social media, right? You feel the pain. I'm pretty sure that every single person feels the pain. Correct. There are people who don't feel the pain, and they would make such statements which really breaks the heart. Then I would say to those people that imagine this is your child. Imagine one of your children has been, you know, murdered because of the a war. Imagine this is happening to you or your family. How would you feel? So this is the thing. So whatever is happening we should feel like it could happen to us as well and if it would happen to us what will the situation be right yes. so this pain we should have for every human being regardless of their color ethnicity regardless of you know their their religion we should have the pain for every single human being in this world correct you know just to put some stats into this also mm-hmm. it's not just one or two children who are living in um a conflict zone today but there are 468 million p- um, children who are living uh, in um, confl- um, conflict zones today mm. out of these 468 million you know 9791 are killed unfortunately each year so you know this is what the impact is on the children due to war and as we go along today we'll have um phenomenal guests with us today and they will tell us more about it even in more depth but these are just small stats where you have not just one or two 468 million children who are living um in conflict zones cities okay you know, this, this number is it's quite heartbreaking to very, to very listen high. to nearly um nearly um half a billion yeah you can say half a billion people half it's not a billion, billion but half a billion people, people. uh sorry children uh, children as in from the humanity half a billion it's it's a are you know influenced by the by the war correct now uh those who want to join us they can always call us at 02086877878 that's 02086877878 you can always tweet us or find us on all the social media platforms I wouldn't say all the platforms but you know as far as I remember Twitter oh, sorry X um Instagram. Instagram and other platforms as well the famous ones uh, at voice of islam uk all together you can find us there and you can you know put your comments into it as well and also if you want to listen to one of our previous shows you can always visit voiceofislam.co.uk that is our official website for the radio station so you can join us you can um tell us your thoughts on this situation on the situation of war and how children's uh, you know future is impacted um because of the war now as you know our radio station's name is voice of islam so it is you know incumbent upon us to introduce islam as well because as muslims we believe that islam has a solution to every problem in Indeed. the world you know zakri i've mentioned it a couple of um, times uh, numerous times mm-hmm. to say um on on voice of somebody that islam is not 
a religion, but it's also a way of living. You know, it teaches Indeed. you how to yeah. conduct your day day to day lives. You know, people view Muslims, unfortunately, in today's society, as terrorists, yeah. which is um, unfortunately very saddening. How uh, due to you know the many um, majority of the wars are happening in Muslim-based countries, but on the other hand, uh, however, you know, Islam does not permit war unless you know due to they have to uphold peace or they have to what's it called. Um, for defensive um, purposes, and that that that's where it's permitted. Yeah. You know, the Prophet Messiah, um, the founder of the MD Muslim community, uh, has a Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, upon whom be peace, has said, you know, Islam on the contrary does not allow the use of the sword in religion, ex- except in the case of defensive wars, wars which are waged to punish that a tyrant or those which are meant to uphold freedom. You know, this is this was this was mentioned um, by uh, the founder of the Ahmadi Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam, Ahmed, upon whom be peace. So, you know, from there we can also see, you know, Islam does not permit at all of um, any kind of wars um, unless it is done for the defense or uh, for just upholding the peace. Well, Islam stands for peace. Just for next information there. Right. Yeah. So, in in order to defend your uh, uh, defend yourself, you are allowed to you know uh, wage war of course but you know if there is a better solution then you could you should go for that as well and the better solution is you know negotiation and if you think that you know this negotiation would lead to something good then you know you should um, you know definitely go for that but war is the last option and even in in, in war Islam does not permit to attack civilians, a- attack you know innocent women, elderly. children, on elderly people. It doesn't allow to attack you know buildings, trees, only Wor- place of worships. A place of worships. Uh, it even says that those people who are uh, clerics or religious leaders, you are also not allowed to go and attack them. Mm. What does that show? It shows that Islam is the most tolerant religion ever. If this guidance is given, that even, okay, uh, you know, uh, civilians, I understand, you know, trees, animals, but even to that extent that it says that you have to save, you know, the places of worship and the people who, you know, are leaders to that or, or, or imams or, 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 or um, or um, you know the the leaders of the synagogues, and and the churches, and other places of worship, right? What it means is sad that Islam is a religion that you know is um, what's the verse again? You know, I just lakum um, right? That for you is your religion, right? And for myself is my religion, right? So there is no compulsion in religion, as well. So, and and, and the Holy Prophet has advised us that those who want to practice their religion, let them practice as well, and give them freedom. Yes. And give them protection, right? So you know, um, there is no compulsion in religion. is is mentioned in the second chapter, like Rafid Din. and then um, as you mentioned, this is Lakum um, Din is mentioned in the last. Um, with chapters um, Surah Kafirun, right? Yeah. I, I, I can't remember the exact chapter number right now. 
but these are the things we should always always remember that Islam doesn't promote any kind of violence, any kind of hatred. We don't force anyone to convert. Hmm. These are the misconceptions, unfortunately, about Islam yep. that we are twisting arms and arms and legs to convert people to Islam. So what will happen? So let's say I twist someone's arm and get him converted to Islam, right? But his heart isn't converted. Yeah. He might say from his mouth, yeah, I'm a Muslim, just to save himself, but in, in, within his heart, he, which I can never know, right? How can I justify that? So that's why Islam has said that there is no compulsion in religion because when someone joins or when someone converts to Islam or when mm-hmm. ever, someone believes in Islam, it's via his heart, right? Mm-hmm. So this is where, where the conversion happens anyways. I think we are going a bit off topic here. We're talking about wars um, and an impact of ch- children in war zones. And as you as you mentioned even before, there are many children are living in conflict um, areas, affected areas in today. And so based off 2022, so 2022, approximately 468 million children, 18.8% or more than one out of six were living in a conflict zone. You know, Palestine, Syria, Afghanistan, Somalia, Sudan and Congo are in the top 10 of their most conflict-affected countries in the world. You know, most of the citizens um, of these um, countries um, are already unfortunately living, you know, um, below minimum wage or very poor conditions and, you know, with very little money and without access to to the basis, which is food, water, health care, right? Healthcare is such an important thing. Food, water, obviously they are, yep. because this is which will help you survive. Mm-hmm. But without healthcare, you, all the um, illnesses, diseases, you won't be able to fight them. Mm. So healthcare is also a, is essential in, my, a, a, in, in, in today's society, mm-hmm. in today's day and age. Uh, you have to make sure where, um, what's it called, the food which you've been given is good quality. And then your inner immune system can also cope with that food which has been given to you. So these are the things which um, the children don't have access to who are living in these um, conditions. And that's why, you know, um, the Allah the Almighty has stated in the Holy Quran Zakaria that and slay not your children for fear of poverty. It is we who provide for you and them. You know, it, this... Um, verse very specifically means you know killing um, of both unborn or born children you know out of the fear of poverty and war is not permitted you know, sometimes what happens is people like I, I, I won't be able to feed so many people um, so many people um, who I have to feed hmm. and, and this is a sad reality and then they're like okay this is it and they whatever they do with it right yeah. but Allah the Maja said no you can't be, you, you're not permitted to kill anyone out of poverty yeah. at all uh, because Allah the Almighty is the one who is providing for yourself mm. and whoever comes they will provide for them also so, you know, that's why Allah the Almighty has t- um, taught us that um, to have faith in him and he is the one who is going to protect um, the children from any kind of harm and Zakir, you know, I've seen many videos. Sorry, I'm taking your time up no, here. No, it's not my time, brother. <laughs> we have equal time. I know, but you if know, you, I just, I just remembered. Know, I just remembered no, no, the, also the you know. beautiful points that you're mentioning. I'm listening to it and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's so not my time. <laughs> I just remembered also, you know, all the videos um, which come to surface from um, war conflicted areas, for yep. example, in Gaza, that the children even say, you know, we have trust in Allah, hmm. we have trust in God. 
we we believe in him. That's the firm faith they have yeah. um, in in the one true God mm. that He will um, make it better for them. And this is um, what His Holiness, um, the the fifth Caliph, um, the fifth Caliph, the Promised Messiah, and Mahdi, Hazrat Mirza Masrur Ahmed, um, may, uh, may Allah strengthen his hand, has said numerous times. He's been saying it for many years, especially since this conflict has started. He's saying, "Please pray for everyone. Please pray for everyone, and may Allah guide the people towards the right path and not towards destruction." So these are the things we should be trying. Even our souls who are living in the UK, yeah, should pray um, for the betterment for the world. His Holiness has uh, has mentioned it many times. Also, that, that pray for the betterment, and so we can preserve it for the next generations who are coming after afterwards. Hence, you know, today's topic also and the impact um, um, to our future generations, and. It, when the Ahmadi Muslim Youth Association was founded in 1938, uh, I, um, his um, His Holiness at um, that time, uh, that second caliph, caliph of um, the Promised Messiah and Mahdi, um, Harza Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmoud Ahmad, may Allah be pleased with him. Uh, he said, you know, a nation cannot be reformed without the reformation of youth. So, you know, the, ref- the reformation here is, you know, making sure the youth is up to standard so they can take over whenever we um, give them the baton to um, to carry for the next generations to follow. But if we are living in such a state where we can't even say, okay, now you take from, let's say, we built a building, we throw it all the way down and break all the way down. It's like, no, okay. This is the building you can use, which has no use to them anymore. Yeah. So they have to start from the scratch again. So we should leave the world in a better place, so the next generation can um, make it even better for the next generations to come. Instead of yeah. us breaking it down, because we are not gaining any kind of water from the outside, right? This is what it is within in, within the earth. So if we are breaking it down, you're breaking it down for your own children, for your own families who are coming after you, yeah. just because some um, greed. Or some kind of ego, we, uh, the men have uh, um, within themselves to say, you know, we are, the, we are better, and so I'm going to wipe everything off. But you remember, you're wiping out yourself at the same time because the water will be contaminated, your foods mm-hmm. will be contaminated. And this is what you want to leave behind for your own generations. This is the question. And yeah. all, all our listeners, please tell us your answer, your thoughts about how can we leave the world in a better state. For the people or for the children who are living in this very earth, I mean, you know, one other issue that we have is not just children being influenced or being affected, yes. but they are even recruited as soldiers to fight in the wars as well. Yes. And I mean, leave the children, leave the children, as in, you know, they have a future. They need to be in a safe place. They don't need to go through the trauma that you know fighters have you need to save the children in order to have a safe future isn't it yes so you know you can see that thousands of children are recruited as soldiers to fight in wars in you know in different countries of the world right and boys as young as eight years you know they you know in, in many countries you can see that they uh, are, are trained to go and fight in the wars. They're, they're taken, they're forcefully taken from the parents um, to go and fight. 
not only are boys requited but even girls are used to help out in in uh, you know uh, in, in in wars as well so you know if you look at the statistics um, between 2005 and 2022 more than 105000 children were verified as requited and used by parties to conflict although the actual number of cases is believed to be much much higher i mean you know you, you mentioned some numbers earlier right yes uh, that half a billion nearly 468 million uh, f- children yeah so are basically um you know influenced by the war and 105000 105000 children are actually requited as a part of a conflict you know they are being involved in in the conflict so there is basically uh, whoever is recruiting them whoever is taking them for war they they don't want any future they're taking even their children right and the youngsters to get involved in the wars it's you know it's 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 very uh, saddening to know about these things right correct and you see that you know not only that children are taken to wars to use as human shields and also you know they're used as uh, they're also exposed to sexual exploit exploitation as well i mean th- th- this is found everywhere it's very very bad and children become a part of armed force or group for various reasons and some are abducted some are threatened coerced or manipulated by armed actors um and you know majority of the children are driven by poverty you know the parents they they think and you quoted a verse you quoted a verse that a god almighty says do not slay your children because of poverty correct and this is what is happening that you know parents because of a, a small amount of uh, money or because they don't care about their children because they can't feed themselves they have many children they say okay my children go you know to the wars so what right so this is what god almighty says that you have to protect your children regardless of whatever ha- situation allah is the one who can provide allah is the one who will protect but your responsibility as a human being as a father as a mother as a as a guardian is you should protect your children i mean uh, th- th- you know the promised messiah uh, the founder of the ahmadi muslim community you know says that beating of children is an act which can be termed as a sort of polytheism an act of shirk yes right uh an act of associating partners with god which means that you do not care about the oneness of god and he says that it actually means that the ill-tempered person makes himself a partner of god in giving guidance and sustaining the creatures you know this is this quote is quite powerful here you know hmm we sometimes believe that we are the ones who are guiding the children yeah. by telling them this is how it's done but beating no this is how you do it right this is not right 
this is not the way. Mm-hmm. And other side, um, the Prophet Messiah, upon whom be peace, he said, you know, you, our work is to guide them, right? To yeah. pray for them. And if he has that seed within his own heart, hmm. for the, this is for the moral training for the children, very, very talking about, but if he has that, um, what's it called, um, seed in his heart, that will flourish uh, on its given time. Yeah. But you cannot become the God for him to to twist his arm, twist his legs, to f- make him follow whatever you believe in. But we should pray for them. The Prophet Messiah, upon whom be peace, the, the, the founder of, uh, of the, of the Ahmadi Muslim community said, I also pray for my children. I tell them, I guide them, but I pray for them. And the rest, when the time will be is shown, they, the, the, flower, uh, the, the flower will flourish, right? Yeah. So, this is what we have to do in this day and age also. We should pray as much as we can. We should tell them this is, these are the true teachings of Islam, right? Yeah. Instead of cutting and pasting from our even from where, they get these kind of ideas that voiced, uh, is only, this is the only way. And the horrendous acts they do in, in those wars, they have nothing linked with the true teachings of Islam. Yeah. And they are taught these things. And... I I have no words, unfortunately, for it. That you know, what can we as um, as as Muslims say to these people? No, this is not what the actual teachings of Islam is. Hmm. So, by praying for them, and inshallah, Allah uh, will will guide everyone towards the right path. Yeah. and that's why you know, in the, in the Holy Quran, the very first chapter, it, it is mentioned, guide us on the right path, that guide us towards the right path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, thank you, uh, Saad, yes. uh, for uh, you know giving this reference of the Holy Quran, which is a very powerful reference, and that we recite every time we pray our prayers, uh, our five daily prayers. Um, as promised, we have uh, our first guest with us, um, Joshua Cohen, uh, who is a independent healthcare analyst with more than twenty-four years of experience. In analyzing healthcare and pharmaceutical, uh, uh, so assalamualaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much, uh, Joshua, for joining us today. Um, Joshua, uh, as you know, we are discussing about uh, the future of children, um, especially the impact that impact of war that um, uh, children have. Uh, you know, and and how that can influence their their future. Um, now, th- um, so th- th- can you uh, kindly uh, shed some light on what are the uh, short and long term uh, consequences of living in a war torn country, and how it affects children's lives and and, and the mental health. Yes, indeed. It affects uh, the lives of children in an enormous way. The short-term consequences are simply constantly fearing for their lives. And I mean that literally as a child. As an adult, you might know a little bit more about what's going to happen next. As a child, you really don't. Then there's the catastrophic destruction of homes and property being displaced from their place of residence, as well as education and their whole community. 
observing death and injury all around them and being uprooted from their community as a whole. And this is obviously in the short term. And then, of course, you have, as you mentioned in your question, you have long-term consequences. This can all have a profound impact on their mental health moving forward. And we call it post-traumatic stress disorder. We often use that for soldiers in, in war zones or after a war has happened. But, of course, this happens with civilians and children as well. They can have major depressive disorders, uh, generalized anxiety um, as well, and these are long-term effects. And the uncertainty about how things will, how things will unfold in the future, that deeply affects children. They require, as I'm sure you know, and your audience, children require a feeling of safety in their homes with their families and friends and on the streets and in playgrounds. But all of that vanishes in wartime. And it can even be something that affects them in the aftermath of war, so even after a war has concluded. So again, yes, it's it's very, it's profoundly unsettling. So Joshua, as you just mentioned, um, that they have a, a um, quite... Post um, post um, dis, um, stress disorders, they are even when the wars ended, they are quite um, in a place where they don't and where they don't where they don't understand what's happening to them. So, what will, for example, let's say a a, a child who was living through a war torn country, will he be willing to join a war or will he be starting any wars when he grows up? Is there any stats about that? Well, that's the problem. Uh, is uh, war doesn't solve anything, really, uh, for the most part. Uh, In fact, in many instances, and I believe that to be the case, for example, in the war between Israel and and Hamas, Mm -hmm. um, in many cases, uh, children, because they've been accustomed to violence, right, and disruption around them, um, they will they will be liable, not all of them, of course, but susceptible to joining movements that are violent in nature. Uh, sometimes it's a feeling of retribution for terrible things that have happened. Yes. Other times it is simply, and I think you mentioned this previously with your previous um, guest, uh, they'll be recruited, right? Because they essentially have only seen violence around them. That's what they're accustomed to. So they become easily targeted uh, by terrorist groups or other groups who who can not just recruit them, but kind of educate them in their own way of distorted vision of reality. Uh, but children are are quite susceptible to not only accepting it, but going along with it. We use the word gullible in English, so it become gullible at the age of 12 or 14 or 16. You don't have a fully formed uh, brain, and you don't have the, the capacity to make uh, decisions on your own that are productive for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones. Uh, 
so you are indeed quite um, vulnerable to being recruited, and this becomes a perpetual, we call it vicious uh, circle or cycle uh, over time. Uh, that's why, as I said before, you know, wars really don't solve anything. Uh, they perpetuate cycles of violence. Uh, and this applies, this applies in most instances on both sides of a conflict. It's not one side or the other. It's both sides to the conflict. Yes. So, um, yeah. So, for example, uh, if, when the vote, uh, when the children are living in those vote-torn countries, what can we as the public do to help them or guide them while not being in that very situation or in that war zone so we can help them out in such a way that they yeah. have a better future and they will be the new leaders and have a better um, society for themselves when they grow up? Yes. It's a big question <laughs> that you're posing, uh, and it has all kinds of political elements to it, which I'm not going to delve into, uh, because ultimately peaceful solutions require some kind of diplomatic and political solution, whereby not just children but other civilians as well can live a normal life. However, there is, interestingly, in my research, uh, I found there is um, a way of developing coping strategies for children in the aftermath of terrifying brutality, such as the war now that's ongoing uh, between Israel and, and, and Hamas and, 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 the, and in Gaza. There's an Israeli, uh, she's a clinical therapist. Her name is Dr. Esti Galili Weistab, mm -hmm. and she and her Arab-Israeli colleague, Dr. Masala, Shafiq Masala, they've been analyzing this problem of recovery for children specifically for at least two decades. So as you know, the conflicts uh, didn't start on October. There have been many, many cycles of violence for decades in the Middle East, in Gaza, in the West Bank, in Lebanon, in Israel, in Jordan, etc. So these two professionals They understand the situation, and they understand the terrible impact it has on children. And they not only examine the effects on the developing brain and their emotional capability, but to be constructive, they taught skills to Israeli and Palestinian mental health professionals, psychiatrists, psychologists, and others, to help treat these youngsters affected by war and terrorism. And they both said there are no quick fixes, right? You can't fix this overnight. You need time to heal. You need time to feel safe. And that healing process will involve health therapy, may involve, in some cases, medicines, mm -hmm. prescription drugs. Um, it also involves community support systems. Now, of course, part of the problem With all of that is, as I'm sure you're aware, sometimes the resources are inadequate to provide that kind of help that children need. Nevertheless, it's important that they have some kind of community support system to help them recover. And they also need ways in which to 
children, that is, transcend some of the differences, right, between their views that have been formed wherever they were formed, whether it's a child in Israel who's been affected by war, by what happened on October 7th, etc., or whether it's a child, say, in the Gaza Strip or in the West Bank who's also been affected by war and bombardment, etc., they clearly have a different view on what's going on, these children. It may be, in some ways, an informed view, but they're children, so they, they, they're taught maybe by their parents a certain view, or maybe in their educational system. And as Dr. Weistub and also Dr. Masala say, it's really important to try to bridge the gap between those perspectives. What I mean to say is you need to try to transcend towards that peaceful solution for the children as well. Try to find common ground where there might be common ground. Very hard to do. There, this is not a quick fix. Yes. Uh, but it is something that ultimately has to be done. Just like, as I said before, from the outset, with any kind of war, the only solution to a war ultimately is a diplomatic one or a political one. Well, for these children, the only solution to their being traumatized mentally is these support systems, uh, their mental health therapy, uh, their perhaps in some cases medicines that they need to take, right, to, to uh, ease the anxiety. And ultimately, they need to have a feeling of common bond, right? In spite of the fact that one child may be Palestinian, the other Israeli, ultimately, they are all children. They are the same kinds of human beings. We all equal, right? Correct. Uh, in that sense. And that is something that these two doctors have stressed and emphasized in their work, which I think is, is an ideal towards which really everyone should strive. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, of course, we, there are multiple problems that prevent this from happening. Yes. One is resources, mm -hmm. and the other is not everyone has such an idealistic view on the world as these two doctors. But I was very attracted to it. I think it's something that ultimately we need. Um, in this uh, in this time of conflict, now, Joshua, you, as you mentioned, we are all equal in the eyes. You know, uh, this is the teaching of the um, of Islam also that we are all equals in in the eyes of you know Allah, uh, um, in, in in the eyes of God. So, and our motto of the Muslim community is love for all, hatred for none. So this is um, what our teachings uh, are about with the true the teachings of Islam. So we should try and hopefully alleviate these issues we are having because the children are the future. So um, my la a question to you, my last question right. be before um, we let you go for today. Joshua, uh, so what can we tell um, the governments or the higher-ups so they can pay heed to this because the children are the future. So if we ruin their future, there won't be a world for them to um, flourish in. Yes, it, it is also an excellent question, and um, I I consider the not just deaths but also the the terrible traumas that have occurred to children Indeed. on both sides of a conflict. I consider that to be really the worst part of war. It doesn't mean that soldiers' deaths 
are unimportant. I'm not saying that. But when a child who has nothing to do is whatever the war was about, right, they can't even grasp it. They don't understand it. They are our future, as you said, and the future should, should be a peaceful one. And when they're impacted, when they're killed in, in large numbers, as we know, is, is happening on the ground in, in, in Gaza, and, and of course even on October 7th, there are many children taken hostage, etc. Most important thing is to stop that, right? There has to be a cessation of hostilities, because without that, you'll get this perpetual cycle. Now, I realize that's much easier said than done, but in order to at least stop the bloodshed, then you can work on the things that those two doctors mentioned, right, mm-hmm. the healing process, and work on how our future, right, and when I say our future, I truly mean that. It, children of, of all persuasions, of all religions, all back, backgrounds, ethnicities, we are ultimately going to live on this earth together. We might Correct. disagree, that's fine, right, on certain issues, even on religious issues, or even if someone's not religious, we may disagree. But it's important for those children to feel some kind of communal bond, right? Being human beings, mean, meaning they are humans on this earth with a purpose, right, to to create uh, a life of prosperity, a life of peace in their country, in their, rel- in their respective countries. Mm-hmm. And to do that requires, first and foremost, a cessation of hostilities and then a recovery process. Um, so I hope that addresses your question. It's a difficult one to answer in a, you know, in a sound bite. Of course. <laughs> Uh, it, it was it was great uh, it was an honor speaking to you Joshua um you know this is the, this is what this radio is all about getting the information and out to our listeners so they can understand what's been happening what um throughout the world and it was very beautifully explained by yourself thank you so much for joining us today yes. well thank you so much for having me thank you so much for joining and peace be upon you assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Thank you, Thank you so much. much. Bye. Bye-bye. So this was Joshua Cohen, you know, who is an independent healthcare analyst, um, analysis with more than 24 years of experience in analyzing healthcare and pharmaceutical. You know, Zakaria, it's always you know, a, a pleasure and an honor always to speak with people um, of, from the field's ex- expertise, you know, where we are speaking today about the um, um, about more children and what the um, future um, holds for them. It is um, for our listeners also remember that they we live we are going to be living with them also. We are teaching them. We are we are guiding them. We are leaving a world behind for them that they need to be able to flourish in. If you're not leaving that world for them behind, what's going to happen to them? The question is still out there. So. Uh, all our listeners who are listening to us, you can always call us on 0208-687-7878 or give your answers via all the social media platforms at Voice of Islam UK, be it through Instagram direct messaging on Instagram or via X, formerly known as Twitter. It's, you know, Zakaria, this thing, uh, when we spoke with Joshua just now, it, it I just remembered one thing, you know, tolerance is one way um, um, or the only way, you know, 
to have a peaceful society, we should be able to adjust within um, ourselves because we can't live outside this earth to have an, another house on the moon, for example. We need oxygen, we need the ex- exact, um, what's it called, um, elements where we can survive in. So this is, this this earth is our home. So this is what we have to remember. And as the the war is getting more and more advanced, mm. it has become a global village. Yeah. So you can be moving today from, um, let's say, Australia to America within 12 to 15 hours or something. So within the very same day, you'll be able to go from one place to the other place obviously it has many different legal logistics issues behind it but you are able to move within t- um, the same day t- from one country to the other to the other, uh, to, to the other. Yeah. so tolerance should be at the upfront and you know the meaning of the Oxford um, English dictionary definition for that is you know willing to accept or allowing the existence of opinions or behaviour that one dislikes or dis- disagrees with so this is what tolerance is all about. So mm. we should be able to coexist. We have, we might have a difference of opinions, but at the end, of, at the at the end of the day, we are all human beings, humanity first. So we should be able to adjust with that. That we the, the common ground here is humanity, and whatever religion, whatever creed, caste, that 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 can, that, that that's secondary. So as human beings, we should be able to um, live in coexistence with love. And harmony, but it, this is uh, is easily said than done, Zakaria. Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, it's easily said than it's done. Um, I mean, the, we can add myself, yourself. The only thing we can do is, uh, you know, speak about uh, the justices that needs to be uh, done, right? Uh, and and the, another thing that I really liked. Uh, is that you brought up about His Holiness's guidance about, you know, uh, praying for the people of uh, who, who are you know influenced or who are being uh, who are in the war-torn countries at the moment. Yes, isn't it? So His Holiness, from the beginning when it started, he has been you know drawing attention that we should pray for them. This is the least we can do. And then we can, you know, pressurize the governments as well to uh, make a, a stop of the wars that is happening at the moment. And the latest war that is happening, and which is very well known to the world, is the Israel and Hamas war. Um, you know, this war has affected many, many innocent civilians. Uh, especially uh, the people who are living in Gaza at the moment. And as we are talking about children, children are affected the most. Yes. Uh, I think 75% of uh, the the people who are, inf- uh, you know, getting inf- affected are children, women and elderly people. Correct. All vulnerable people, isn't it? That's why, you know, His Holiness has Mirza Masur Ahmed, may Allah be his help, uh, uh, you know, a when he was condemning the war atrocities by uh, by both Hamas and IDF on the 13th of October 2023, he s- said this, that um, even in the state um, of war, Islam does not permit the killing of women, children, elderly and innocent civilians. 
the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, gave the strict instructions against doing this. So, in you know, in this recent ex- um, escalation of war, Hamas made the first move and attacked um, the Israeli citizen, leaving aside from a moment the fact that innocent people have been unjustly killed by the Israeli army. Um, our Muslims should ensure that they always adhere to the teachings of Islam. You know, we've been mentioning this over and over again. Yeah. Like His Holiness has mentioned this, and also in one of the um, annual his conferences, uh, His Holiness mentioned this also. May Allah be his helper. You know, no matter what, uh, what terrorists may claim, under no circumstance, um, uh, under no circumstances are indiscriminate attacks or killing ever justified. Islam has ensured that the sanctity of human lives in chapter 5 verse 33 of the Holy Quran which states whoever kills a person it, it shall be as if he killed all mankind and whoso gave life to one it shall be as if he had given life to all mankind wonderful it just reminded me of the uh, the speech that Huzur gave uh, His Holiness gave in the peace symposium I would like to for our listeners to listen to one of the clips that we have prepared. Here is the clip of, and here are the words of His Holiness. If we are to leave behind a legacy of hope for our children and bequeath a peaceful world to our future generations, we, irrespective of our religion or beliefs, need to urgently change our priorities. Instead of being consumed by materialism and a desire for power, every nation, whether rich or poor, must prioritize peace and security of the entire world above all else. Instead of embarking on an arms race leading to death and destruction, we must join the race to save the, uh, save and protect humanity. Instead of shutting down borders and ports in warring countries, causing for innocent children to be left starving and uh, the sick being deprived of medical treatment, we must open our hearts to one another. Knock down the walls that divide us. Feed the hungry and help those who are suffering. So, you know, His Holiness is giving guidance on what should be done when, you know, war happens. And you know that as as we are talking about children, 90% of children in Gaza are experiencing, you know, all sort of uh, problems and ninety percent of them are experiencing anxiety. And UNICEF actually, you know, brought up a report, and they said that ninety-one percent of those children uh, they're having problems with uh, sleeping. Ninety-four percent of them have, uh, you know, sleep with their parents. Eighty-five percent have uh, appetite change. Eighty-two percent feel angry at all time. 97% feel insecure, 38% feel guilty, 47% bite their nails, and 76% feel ill without a, biolo- a, a, a biological reason. I mean, these are all the influences of war. Correct. It, it destroys a child from inside out. Yes, you know, just mentioning the stats, these are, we should always remember this, these are not numbers, these are children um, we are speaking about let's say it's ninety-one percent. It's not ninety-one percent. Uh, just just a numerical number here. These are ninety-one percent of the children yeah. uh, who are facing the conflict mm. in Gaza at this moment as having sleep you know, disturbances. Yeah, ninety-four 
a percent of that have to live, you know um, sleep with the parents and 984 and and 82 and 97 38 47 76 yeah. these are not numbers but mm. yes are these are human beings who are living living and um, you know uh, and have a beating heart within them but unfortunately more than 6000 children have been killed since the start of this conflict 6000 you know it's it's not a small number uh, even one is is not a small number yeah. 6000 children who you had nothing it, uh, uh, a verse of the holy quran as well is that if if you kill one person it's as if you've killed the whole mankind because we're all linked to each other and we should be linked to each other if one innocent person is been killed we should feel that anyone and especially a child what mistake did he, the child do nothing he's just right. living in that area yeah. that was his mistake that he was living there that but that sorry that's not his mistake uh, i rephrase rephrase that he's not his mistake of course not that he's living there yeah. but so we, we as human beings should have that um courtesy to not kill innocent civilians children yeah. elderly women and there shouldn't be a war simple as that yeah we should avoid wars at all costs huzur his holiness um, you know we heard his voice as well uh, you know just few minutes ago he has been you know emphasizing and he has addressed and sent letters to all the uh, world leaders to not escalate to any wars yes many many years ago and he also told us to pray that no world war 3 happens because if that happens then everyone will get affected every single person will be, get affected and i'm just looking at the time right now like here mm. and unfortunately this is what be the time we had for this hour in the next hour we'll be speaking about another topic but i want to leave you with you know his holiness words um the um, may allah grant wisdom to those who remain after the destruction enable them to to want uh, um, to turn towards god so may allah enable us all to be turning towards god and being able to be guided towards the right path and amen. this and i mean so inshallah i'll see you um, i i'll be back inshallah after this very small break you are listening to the recording of a live show please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed assalamu alaikum peace be upon you and welcome back to the drive time show um we're at the second hour of the drive time show as promised um we are going to discuss about road safety the previous hour we spoke about the current issues and what children are going through in the war torn um countries what the effects are um for those who have missed this they can all go to uh, voiceofslam.co.uk and listen to our shows and listen to the previous hour it was a very very interesting uh topic of course because children is our future and like you said earlier as well that uh, you know his holiness the second caliph of the ahmadi muslim community he also said that you know there is no reformation without the youth now um we have to move on of course we only have one hour per uh, you know topic for this hour we will be discussing about road safety road safety uh linked with 20 miles per hour so should the 20 miles per hour you know blanket rule be extended to whole uk 
this is the topic that we are of going course. to discuss. Of course, this topic. If I may ask you, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> should it I'm, be done I'm or not? I'm a driver, I'm a cyclist, I'm also a pedestrian at, at some point. Yeah. And some some areas I want the 20 mile zones to be um, mm-hmm. um, implemented. Some areas um, like when you have like three lanes or so and you have a 20 mile hour zone or so, very low speed limits but you are questioning why is that sudden it's still obviously for the road safety I understand that but in those areas you are just building up um, traffic uh, um, uh, where you have three or two two lanes or three lanes yeah. and same where there's one lane you have pedestrian on the sidewalks you have a cycle lane in the middle 20 miles um, um, being um, um, 20 mile zones being yeah. uh, what's called introduced there but as for cyclists also I just want to add because we're speaking about road safety always look to your right and left before you turn or or merge into a road just make sure even if you're on the main road and there are side roads coming onto the main road yeah. make sure you're always looking and paying attention sometimes i see cyclists myself that they're zooming left and right and hey, listen, they not paying attention to it i am so annoyed of some of the cyclists the reason behind that is is because you know i'm from belgium mm-hmm. and they teach you how to cycle and if you make a mistake Correct. police can actually make you force you to take lessons as well so it's it's been taught how to cycle in schools yes sometimes you know people might think uh, in uk what's the need for that and everyone can, can cycle no not everyone can cycle it's so dangerous how some of the cyclists you know cycle around london it's very very dangerous and that because of that a lot of accidents happen of course so what i think of course this is off topic what i think for a safer road cyclists they should have some sort of lesson or they should go at least before going on the roads they should go uh, uh, you know through some you know lessons i know that you're from germany yes. you know no, how I to do, cycle I, you professionally lesson. cycle so <laughs> i'm not talking about you at all brother <laughs> so don't worry but i'm talking I'm, about generally lots of the cyclists they don't even know how to cycle it's so dangerous for them to cycle in the same lane as the cars we don't have this problem in europe um so this is one of the issues and because of this 20 miles per hour has been implemented throughout the whole london and some some parts of the uk so i believe in 20 mile uh, miles per hour zones i i truly believe in them mm-hmm. but in some areas i disagree with them also and there are questions whether that, that is why do we have to implement in such areas where we have um Um, roads which have two or three lanes why do we need it there yeah but obviously we'll have our ex- experts with us today and they will be able to answer those questions for us and swiftly moving on you know the race about road safety you know the, the safety and the well-being especially for the children you know is a paramount concern you know very important concern for any uh, any parent you know they the, the children um spend a significant time at home you know making a uh, crucial um, crucial to um, make it crucial to create a safe environment and minimize risks of accidents you know that's hence Islam em- emphasizes the sanctity of life and places grant importance on protecting children from any kind of harm so you know so in today let's see how we are able to implement road safety and safeguard the children or all the or every life who's who's either work walking yeah um cycling um driving 
or using a, a bike also all all we have to one thing we have to make sure that you know we have to look out for our own safety plus for the road users mm. um whatever um form they're using that very road for their safety also yeah so if there's a 20 mile per hour zone we should try our, our level best mm. uh, well we should it's a legal requirement to be at 20 miles per hour you can't go over it yeah so follow those rules and make sure if you're in a school area or a very um heavy populated area always look left and right use the, the uh, those wing mirrors cyclists use your shoulders look over your shoulders before you turn um pedestrians just um, we've been told that in from race from from very small age before crossing the road look to your right left and then look again towards the right just mm. to make sure within that very split second nothing has changed and then cross the road and you know if we live in the, in the great britain and we have many um crossings various different um um traffic managements where you can safely cross the road you can safely make maneuvers as uh, drivers cyclists um bike riders or even pedestrians or or any other forms of um mode you're using to travel for that day so you know this is a road safety um it has permeated you know our society you know becoming an ever passing concern as the demands uh, and it demands our attention and a thoughtful consideration so just a few stats um according to road safety charity break uh every 16 minutes someone is killed or seriously injured on the UK roads you know these these figures reflect the 10 year average from 2013 to 2022 every 60 16 minutes so while we've been speaking for about um um for an hour and 10 minutes now some 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 people got injured or unfortunately they might they have lost their lives the question is is this in the tw- <laughs> where is this happening in the 20 mile hour roads or this is, is an and this is this is an um, normal or average overall okay overall yes. okay but so still if if it still happens hence, in 20 mile per hour roads where someone is you know driving 20 miles per hour okay so what what's the point then right now of course there is a point of course you know there are in london especially has many narrow roads even when you go out uh, london as well the the narrow the road on both sides you have you know cars parked up so of course we need that a you know 20 miles per hour uh, uh in those kind of areas but not where the 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 streets are wide and and you can you know easily go through those streets no uh, you know children are playing on the, in on those streets right so all those we have to look at all those things as well so you know some like you said uh the slower you go the the, the more uh you know cars will be stacked you know w- w- um, behind each other the more traffic there will be so there is there are problems and then someone might get annoyed well. and start um what's uh, splitting lanes just trying to go left and right zigzagging through which is causing hazard also yeah. i think you have a lot of issues right because uh, you're a cyclist <laughs> as well so you probably <laughs> have to be i know for for me it's always i stop at for example um just all on the note of road safety when there's a red light yeah be whoever stop at that red light mm. i see so many cyclists while while i'm driving especially yeah, they cross well. the um red light without due, due diligence and yesterday i was coming home back uh, and it was late night i saw a person on his phone mm-hmm. while cycling crossing a red light and a car was 
trying to turn from his side towards the right. So he was driving into oncoming traffic without care for his own life or the life That's in that crazy. very car. And when you when you tell them about this, some, not all, there are many cyclists who are very good. They um, follow um, the roads, um, road, um, um, uh, rules and regulations of the road. Mm-hmm. But there are, there are some always, you know, and because of that, the cyclists do get a bad name for, for that also. Then, and I, I don't like that because I'm a cyclist myself. And I'm like, no, we, 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 most of us do follow the rules, but there are some uh, who try and, you know, go left and right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, currently, just recently, uh, the, in, in Wales, uh, they have 30 miles per hour. They have changed it to 20 miles per hour as well, mm-hmm. uh, making the first UK nation to introduce a default limit on speed. Um, th- you know, the decision is set to be debated after Correct. sparking criticism from a large number of Wales residents uh, and then a petition you know, opposing the new 20 miles per hour default speed limit in Wales has had a record-breaking number of signatures. Lots of people are going against it. Of course, you know, yeah, you know, I can understand, especially uh, in, in in places like London as well, right? And more than four hundred thirty thousand people have signed it, asking the Welsh government to uh, reskin and remove the disastrous twenty miles per hour law. I mean, people are not happy. Of course, I understand. You know, with the law, twenty miles per hour, Zakaria, um, with road safety, where you have heavily children influenced areas or pedestrian areas, twenty miles zones. Even in Europe, we have thirty um, um, kilometers per hour, which is eighteen ish miles per hour, which translates to twenty miles per hour zones, roughly. You know, these areas where you have children, pedestrians, people walking, and understand those being introduced. They should be introduced um, throughout the UK also yeah. in those um, heavily influenced areas of pedestrians and children. So, but on the other hand, I also have on the second side, um, which I also saw, there was a road where they was uh, a forty miles per hour zone, which was changed to twenty miles per hour. But due to the um, backlash or the traffic building up, or, but uh, all those different reasons, they changed it back to well, they they up uh, they added 10 miles per hour into that. So it's at 30 miles per hour now, that very road, which used to be 40, turned into 20, now at 30 to get the traffic of, um, flow of traffic a bit more smoother. Mm. Um, we have joined with our first um, guest of this hour, Lucy Straker, who, um, uh, you know, joined Break in 2023 with 15 years of experience in communication and campaigning. Um, Lucy leads the campaigns element at break, working to ensure all journeys are safe and healthy. With this intro, I would like to welcome Lucy to our Drive Time Show. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you very much, Lucy, for joining us today. Um, Lucy, uh, you know, break has been a strong advocate for road safety measures, uh, including the 20 mile per hour speed limit in certain areas. Can you tell us about the proven benefits of lower speed limits in terms of reducing accidents and saving lives and why you believe extending the 20 miles per hour rule to England is necessary? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, 
the what we're advocating for is for those 20 mile an hour speed limits to be um, introduced as a default across all like built up and kind of residential areas mm-hmm. um, because traffic collisions resulting in death or serious injuries drastically reduce when you implement a 20 mile an hour speed limit. Um, everywhere that's got them has seen um, that's got lower speed limits reports fewer collisions and fewer deaths, serious injuries. So, and what the reason for that is kind of like basic physics. Um, so obviously, the faster you're going, the harder you hit, and those kind of things. But also, your stopping distance is affected by by your speed. So if you're going at 30, for example, your stopping distance is 23 meters. But then if you drop down to 20 me- 20 miles per hour, your stopping distance goes to 12 meters. So it halves essentially. Okay. So if you're driving down a road that's kind of got lots of parked cars, lots of people moving around, that quite easily something can suddenly come out into the middle of the road, a child or a, or a dog or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd want your stopping distance to be 12 meters so you can stop in time. Yeah. And so what we're saying is, you know, the speed that you choose to drive at kind of dictates kind of what would happen in those kind of sudden instances that we were kind of presented with. We just want to make sure that everybody's making like those good choices when they when they get behind the wheel to drive at safe speed so that they kind of have a collective responsibility for everybody and themselves on the road, basically. Mm, well, it makes sense. Uh, you know, the, the, the slower you go, the, the, uh, the lesser the stopping distance will be. Um, how does brake address concerns about lower speed limits inconveniencing uh, drivers and causing uh, congestion and what is their perspective or, on how to uh, how the 20 miles per hour rule uh, contributes to safer roads in UK? Yeah, so the, the evidence shows us that dropping out of 20 miles an hour from 30 actually doesn't add that much to your journey time. I think the evidence is about like maybe one or two minutes and you know, we've, we've probably all been there driving down the road and a car behind us has, has drastically overtaken us you know and at speed um and then you get to the next set of traffic lights and, and they're just in front of you you know so they've risked themselves they've risked your yourselves and other people on the road just to get that one car in front um and the other the other angle is that um we did it we did a survey of kind of parents and carers about walking to and from school with their children and um a lot of them said to us that they uh, were it was too they were too afraid to walk their children to school because the roads were too fast. Um, so instead, they put they put the children in the car and they drove them to school instead um, because they felt that that was the safer option. Yes. Whereas if we drop the speed limit down so it's down to 20 miles an hour, that those people would feel more comfortable to walk or cycle to school, which would take those unnecessary car journeys out of the equation. Which actually, so it actually um, reduces congestion. Um, because you know, like, there's not as many cars on the road. I think in uh, Transport for London did um, did a stu- did a study about that and found that a lot of people, I think it was 25% of people, said that they would move um, out of the vehicles and onto kind of either walking or cycling when the um, when it dropped down to 20 miles an hour in a lot of the kind of like London boroughs. So um, you know, that's why we're kind of really advocating because we want everyone to have those like safe and healthy journeys uh, to keep safe on the road, but also to kind of enjoy your journey as well so that's 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 why we're, we're big advocates for the 20 mile an hour speed limits lucy um you know i agree with the 20 miles per hour zones being um, as you mentioned um, in board up areas where you have children or heavily um they're heavily influenced by pedestrian areas i agree with that but for example cyclists um shouldn't there be rules and regulations for them also to follow instead of just um backlashing the drivers um to tell them no you 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 slow down and where you have cyclists who are 
zigzagging through the roads, for example, which is a quite heavy concern for the for the for the drivers also. If they are trying to avoid the not hitting the cyclists, but they might hit the curb, and if someone's walking on it, they might hit them also. So, is shouldn't there be any um, legal um, or trainings for 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 cyclists? Well, what what we advocate for is those segregated um, sections of uh, you know over the <clears throat> of the roads. Mm-hmm. So you've got cars that can go twenty miles an hour, and you've got those segregated sections for the for the cyclists, for for pedestrians, um, for people on mobility scooters. You know, there's there's a whole or in the e-scooters, there's, there's a whole wealth of people um, kind of ways that we travel these days. Yes, and so that's why we we believe that having those safe segregated sections spaces enables but, people to to travel properly yes. and, and safely. And then if you if you have those safe segregated spaces alongside those safe speeds of twenty miles an hour, then that is putting safety at the heart of every kind of decision on the road. When how we design our roads are very very important because. There's always going to be elements of, um, you know, by nature, humans, we take risks, we make errors. And we have to build a system that, that that kind of helps us be okay, even if we do make the odd mistake or the odd error for whatever reason. And that's why it's important that we build those 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 spaces correctly yes. so that we keep everybody safe. For, for, um, I'm just staying with the spaces when, as, um, as you mentioned, e-bikes. There are e-bikes who travel 20 miles per hour plus um, in, nowadays and they have no reprimand with them. They can, they some of them um, cross red lights, not pay due diligence to the roads. What legal um, um, issue, um, legal ways we, can we take to get them reprimanded, get them the teachings or the training that they should also follow those rules which have been implemented to drivers or mopeds? Yeah, well, we've talked a lot to um, people kind of all the uh, different ways that they travel. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones that we, we, we talk about is kind of how to how to to ensure that everybody is, you know, sticking to the rules of the road to make sure that we're all safe. Um, and the two themes that come back are enforcement, like you said, but also education as well. Right. Education is really important because just to make sure that everybody understands the rules of the road, understands why they're there. Mm-hmm. You know, we have we did um, we did a survey, and ninety two percent of people said that speed limits were essential to the safety of the road. For example, people kind of know the the need for safety, but sometimes it doesn't necessarily come to the top of the reasons for your decision making sometimes it's you know we're we're late or we you know or we're just going over there or oh it's okay because i've done this route many times i know the best way for this it's just making sure that every time whatever mode of transport we're on we're all making those those good decisions and those good choices that not only affect ourselves and our journeys but we take that collective responsibility to make sure everybody is safe on the road around us so we're not cutting corners we're not going too fast we're not um you know taking unnecessary risks on the road we're just always there trying to keep ourselves and keep everybody safe so um coming back to your 20 miles per hour uh, thank you so much first of all for answering these questions coming back to 20 miles per hour rule so when this is rolled out um this um throughout um to, throughout um the uk um what kind of success are we looking at or of this uh, of this very rule being um, um, being across the England. Well, um, I mean, obviously, it has been rolled out in Wales. Yes, um, as, as a lot of, as anybody reading the press would know, um, it is being rolled out in Scotland. 
Um, they're phasing it in over the next, um, until 2025. So by 2025, 20 miles an hour will be the default in Scotland. So it's just England. Um, the, the, the English government aren't, the current English government aren't necessarily supportive of it. However, there are a number of local authorities. I mean, in London, Mm-hmm. There's, a, you know, t- uh, Transport for London and a lot of the local authorities are very, very supportive of it. And they are, they've brought in a lot of 20 mile an hour limits. Um, I know uh, in Leeds they're starting to do it and, and lots of other places throughout England. So it's because it's up to the local authorities mm-hmm. really to set that kind of, it's, it's, it's up, each one's kind of got to, to see it in good practice and then and, and adopt it. So that's why it's really important the data coming out of Wales you know, that shows that the average speed limit is is being reduced. Next year, we'll get some more um, data, casualty data, and hopefully that will start to come down. And once people see the benefits of it, um, you know, like it, I think in London, they said that about 64% of drivers now follow the 20 mile an hour speed limits mm-hmm. and crashes have been greatly reduced. Once they see that, each local authority see that and see the benefits that are coming out of it. And the reduction on our NHS, for example, there's, there's a... The, all the crashes, um, you know, that puts a strain on the NHS as well. So if we reduce crashes, crashes, we reduce that strain on the NHS. Each local authority sees that and sees the benefits of it. That's when it'll start to kind of come in. It's, it's piecemeal, but it will start to come in. I do believe that once people see the benefits of it, they will start to adopt it in their own areas. Yes, um, for example, if I've seen it myself also in some areas where they have adopted um, um, the 20 miles per hour zone. We, uh, the drivers do tend to follow um, those rules and the safety is better in those areas. However, on some um, other places um, where the 20, um, 20 miles per hour zone was implemented, after some months or weeks later, they went back again to the previous uh, or they lifted um, or they moved it up by 10 miles per hour in those areas. So what... Um, is um what is break doing about where the, where it has been implemented but they have taken a step back again from that very zone well um with regards to 20 mile an hour being the default uh what that means is like that all roads would be defaulted to 20 miles an hour mm-hmm. but uh, because currently um roads are defaulted to 30 miles an hour and there has to be an application goes in and assessment has to be done to and or like and that usually comes following an incident so if somebody's been killed or there's been a, a severe crash then they will look at that road <clears> and <throat> see whether it needs to go down to 20 miles an hour what we're asking is to do it the other way around so if you put it to 20 miles an hour yes and then and do an assessment to see whether it is safe enough to go to 30 miles an hour mm-hmm. then and, it, and it's deemed that it is then and that and that's the right decision for that area then that is okay because that's putting safety at the as the primary so we put it at 20 miles an hour first and then we deem it's okay to go to 30 but i know a lot of campaigners who are have spent years and spent a lot of money pushing for councils to drop the speed limits outside schools outside kind of community centers because they keep the keeps being incidents that keeps being crashes and collisions and people keep getting hurt or i've even had a council say well no one's no one's been killed on that road so why should we do anything about it it's like well why do we have to wait for someone to die before we do something about it if we know that that's a problem we and we can take that positive step now to go to 20 and then assess to see whether it's safe to go at 30 it just seems like the the, the best solution for for the community perfect thank you so much lucy you know for such a great answers and answering some of the questions which were a bit um, 
off the off track also thanks so much Luce for joining us today and mm-hmm. and answering all the questions we had in our minds no problem thank you for having me it's thank always a delight so, thank you so much for joining us peace be upon you and this was um Lucy Stalker and she works with break um about the road, road safety and Zakaria one thing she mentioned was that when i asked her for example where, where some areas where they have been backtracked again up <coughs> to 30 and she answered such a beautiful way that they put it down to 20 and then they reassessed it or they reassess it and see if it's safe enough to put it back up let's say to 30 miles per hour yeah. then they would do that but road safety is the f- uh, first and foremost step yeah. to follow and i uh, and i agree with this very point that road safety should be at the forefront 20 miles per hour be it 30 40 50 whatever but it should be the road safety of everyone who's using that very road and there should be training in places there should be uh, some kind of um what's it called insurance or license plates for e-bikes especially nowadays in my opinion they should, yeah. that's my opinion they should because they are driving faster than the cars the mopeds or they should have a um, legal um, issue but in my opinion they should have what's it called a license plate insurance so they can also reuse the road without have with having the reprimands as the drivers who are driving with the engine or any kind of um um cars or mopeds they're using yeah i mean i agree with that i mean it, the thing is that anyone who rides or drives or right you know in, in the same road as the cars they should have some sort of training and especially those who can uh, ride more than uh 20 miles per hour they should have you know like you said e-bikes they should have like some sort of um license to it mm-hmm. or or at least go through some lessons where they have some sort of um you know license or a certificate that they, they have gone through these these lessons and they know how to safely um drive or ride on the road plus is 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 putting less a strain as Lucy even mentioned on the NHS and yeah, you know the first minister of Wales mark um, the the, mi- the miles per hour yes, so if, the 20 if that is received, reduced, reduced it put less less a strain less, on the NHS yeah. and even the But first if, minister if of Wales that's if they follow as in if it's been followed Obviously, yes. then there's there's more But, safety of yes. course the slower you go uh, the the more uh, time you you will have to react as well um because the fast you yes. right and then the the other thing is of course you know the brake distance will be shorter as well yeah uh, so if you uh, as Lucy mentioned if you're driving at 20 miles per hour it's cuts it by half and your braking distance comes around at 12 meters yeah and it's sticking with NHS also then you know, it's putting less strain on them mm-hmm. and the first minister of wills said about 90 plus 92 mi- million a year you know could be saved um just financially for the NHS yeah. you know if you are able to just um, cut the speed limits and oh, it will protect lives mm. we discussed about Wales but apart from Wales uh, national wide speed limit rollout areas of England have been introduced default speed limits too yes. uh, for example Tinsley Sheffield pioneered the UK's initial 20 miles per hour zone in 1991 and then since then numerous country uh, counties uh, towns and cities across the uk have embraced 20 miles per hour limits on uh, not everywhere of course uh, on certain residential roads where people live um 
and then this uh, London, uh, for example, in London, um, we have Camden, City of London, Hackney, uh, Islington, Kensington, uh, and Chelsea, uh, Lambeth, Lewisham, uh, Richmond, Southwark, uh, Tower Hamlets, um, and Westminster. These are the places where they have implemented 20 miles per hour in London. Yeah. I mean, wherever I go, wherever I drive my car, you know, there is 20 miles per hour. And it, it makes sense to me for most of the roads. I'm not going to say all of the roads, but most of the roads. Uh, Indeed. You know, the, the, the another issue is that cars are parked always on the roads. That's a very dangerous thing because... Um, cyclists or pedestrians they can just cross between the cars and you never know right because those you know car parked behind each other and if someone crosses from there that's also a danger so uh, for pedestrians i think they should always use open places um or zebra crossings zebra crossings or open places to at least so that they can see the car and cars can see them as well. Yes, you know, sticking with road safety here, just coming back to children, as we um, obviously we were speaking about children in the first hour, so I want to um, add children, link, link, link that, a, a the, bit the, in the here the also. Yeah. So, you know, most children um, under the age of nine, they don't, they're unable or they can't judge, for example, you mm. know, how fast vehicles are, are going or how far or what the distance they are. So, yeah. you know, the risk, the children's pedestrians um, being, um, being involved in, for example, road accidents, um, is they rise when they start school, and they rise even further when they start secondary school, and uh, many deaths and serious in- injuries have occurred to children on foot, bicycles, you know, which could be prevented by the driver slowing down in in those areas and taking more care. For example, if you hit um, a child at the mile uh, at the speed of twenty miles per hour, his survival rate is ninety percent. Mm-hmm. So if you hit a child and well, you, should be, you shouldn't hit anyone. But if an accident occurs at 20 miles per hour, the survival chances are 90%. But if you're driving at 40 miles per hour and you have hit, unfortunately, a child, the um, the rate um, uh, or the chance of him being killed or her being killed is 85%. Mm. So it just flips the whole um, script. Where you're at 20 miles per hour, you had 95% chance for survival. At 40 miles, if you're just doubling the speed, it just flips the narrative at 85% you have a chance of being um, killed, fortunately. That's why, you know, Islam has been emphasizing many times it's a responsibility, uh, the parental responsibility um, and teaching the, the children about safeguard. So the teachers, uh, the, the teacher, um, um, the, the, the parents should be taught or they should be um, about these safety concerns or child um, safety, safeguarding about children, you know, or giving the parents and the caregivers um, and should be encouraged to be um, part of these um, courses so they can teach their children as you know his um, the Holy Prophet upon whom be peace Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa peace be upon him has said you know all of you are shepherds and each one is a responsible for his own flock yeah I mean the 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 roads are not only safer but then it has many other benefits as well to driving slower for example when the speed is reduced uh, the streets are quieter as mm-hmm. well right um, and then the overall impact 
the urban environment and, and, and it reduces noise pollution as well. Correct. Um, also, lower speeds instill greater confidence among the community members as well. To th- they're not scared, right? They yeah. can uh, easily walk, uh, the, you know, and and cross the roads. Uh, cyclists as well for yes. yourself as well. It's, yes. it's going to be easy for you, you to mention about environment. Yeah. As once a, a someone asks His Holiness has a Muslim at the fifth caliph of Ahmadi of our Ahmadi Muslim mm. community. Um, that you know about environmental. So His, His Holiness um, replied saying this um, that we should you know if you're going to the shop just walk to, instead of starting up the car and waiting for it to warm up and everything. I'm paraphrasing here really quickly. You should rather walk to to those areas for shopping, or you shouldn't buy quickly something or cycle there. So this will cut down the emissions, or it will be better for the environment. Hence, you know, there'll be if you if you're popping down to the shop, uh, I always suggest you know you should just try and walk there if you're scrapping small things instead of driving there, where you have a chance. You know, you might go, or you know the road as Lucy mentioned. You know that very road. And you can speed up quickly there. You, you, it, it, it might be that you drive at 40 miles per hour and you hit someone, and 85% of that um, a pedestrian being killed rises there. So, if you're driving anywhere, slow down, follow the rules and the regulations of that road for road safety. And if you're just popping on the road um, for for grabbing, let's say whatever for a small thing, you should rather just walk there instead of driving. Correct. Um, we have our second guest, uh, Abdul Qayyum Rashid, who is very familiar to the Drive Time Show, uh, also a presenter on Fridays. Um, so you have heard his voice uh, many times every week. So, um, Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to today's Drive Time Show, brother. How are you? Alhamdulillah. All praise belongs to Allah. Thank you. Wa alaikum salam. Peace be on you too, gentlemen. Peace be upon you too. Thank you very much. So, your perspective on 20 miles per hour rule, you know, should this be extended uh, throughout the whole UK? Um, what is your uh, experience uh, when you Look, drive down the UK, it, London? Instinctively, hmm. instinctively, the answer would be no, until you sit down or you've experienced something where you know, you've been penalized and I, I admittedly, um, I was, I was caught doing more than 20 miles per hour. I was actually caught doing 24 miles per hour in a 20 miles per hour, uh, uh, speed limit zone. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't aware that it had become 20 miles per hour okay. because it used to be a 30 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, they give you the option of going on a course and, it's actually an eye-opener when you go to these courses and, and have a look at the differences a 10 miles per hour speed limit reduction can make. Just mm-hmm. to give you a small example, at driving at 20 miles per hour, your reaction time will take the car six meters mm-hmm. and your braking distance would be six meters. So before you get to brake, you've traveled. Before you get your car to stop, it will be 12 meters. Mm. Whereas at 30 miles per hour, your reaction time will get the car nine meters, and then by the time the car does stop, it'll be a further 14 meters. Yeah. So now hmm. the distance also has an impact 
on how hard, God forbid, if you were to hit someone, it could mean a difference between someone getting injured or someone, God forbid, dying. Mm. It's 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 quite it, it's um, it kind of rattles you when you have a look at these statistics when they throw it at you that the number of people who do die even being hit at 30 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. So as much as instinctively when you're used to driving for a certain speed for a long period of time and suddenly you get told you need to reduce your speed for a certain time or for a certain road or a certain distance, it, it does it does make a difference because you think of only your inconvenience. You only think of um, your own um, uh, habit that you would need to change until you start thinking of the other person. And that is what's so important when you're driving. You know, Brother Kim, as, as you started off with the instinct, when from 30 to 20, you're like, no. And it happens. It happens many times when, when I saw, saw a road, for example, which was 30 miles per hour for the longest I can remember. And suddenly they put up um, signs there at 20 miles per hour. And there's an exact camera just behind it. And they haven't activated it yet at 20 miles per hour. But they said it should be introduced in the next couple of days or something. So my question is, what can the authorities do to, first of all, remind the, um, the road users that there is a implementation coming on this very road beforehand and have signs everywhere? When, um, what can the authorities do to help and um, what's called ease in the road users into the 20 miles per hour zones instead of just putting it out there? I, I think there needs to be awareness I think local authorities have websites, they have access to billboards, they have access to so many different platforms nowadays on social media Mm -hmm. that they can put the information out that from this particular date, the the, the restriction will be reduced. But I think that the, I personally don't think a lot of people will have an objection to the speed decreasing. Of course, there will be people who will say, yeah, it's it's too it's too much of a decrease. I think more people have an issue when they get penalised because yes. it's look. There's so many different facets one can talk about when it comes to speed decreasing and and people being penalised for it. Because how many times have we been on the show and talked about cost of living? How many times have we spoken about different Numerous aspects? Times. So so when somebody does say 24, 25 miles per hour in a 20 miles per hour limit, they get told they're going to have to pay a hundred pound fine hundred pounds a lot of money mm-hmm. you see and and local authorities do the same that and nowadays it's not a question of um um you know somebody stopped you or the police has stopped you on top of that sometimes they give you points on your license when you have points on your license that means your insurance is going to go up Correct. which is going to cost you more money and if you don't inform your insurer technically speaking your insurance is null and void. It actually voids your insurance. A lot of people don't know. So it's these kind of small things which people need to be made aware of. And social media is one side which doesn't get used enough by local authorities. So people automatically assume this is a money-making scheme by local authority to 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 generate income. But not everyone uses social media, isn't it? I mean, not everyone will get the message. I I, I agree, media. but but now what's happening is that there are so many billboards everywhere. There are local newspapers. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying just use social media, but 
certain age of people, they, um, you know, whatever medium of uh, a newspaper or or a, um, platform they use to to get information, they should they should utilize that to inform people. They can go on the radio. They do. I mean, so many so many um, uh, health and safety uh, announcements are made by NHS, by so many different organizations. Why can't, um, you know, this road safety people, road safety uh, is very important. You know, Kuyum, you, you actually um, hit on the point. And one thing is, which is really important is to educate or teach the parents about safeguarding. There are many parents who don't know about what um, road safety is all about. I remember I was taught in school um, for, for walking, for example, look right, right first, left, then again look right, just to make sure nothing's coming from your right. But what can we do um, to teach the parents um, about this road safety and then we can also implement 20 miles per hour zones with it? Well, it's not just parents' responsibility. Anybody who gets behind the wheel, anybody Definitely. who is behind the wheel is their responsibility. It's their responsibility to ensure and one other thing that a lot of people don't realize, they rely on their navigation system. Nowadays, there's so many navigation systems will tell you if what speed you are and, and it picks up mm-hmm. what, the, what the speed limit is. But what people don't realize is that even your navigation system, unless it has been updated on a regular basis, it actually won't pick up the new speed limit. If it has been reduced, it will still, there will be an overlap of a few days. So if you're relying on your so on your on your navigation system, it might actually be giving you incorrect information. Yes. So, so um, it is up to you to make sure that you are fully aware of your highway code changes, what speed you're traveling at is in accordance with the the the, the legal speed limit. Yes. It, it is up to the individual to know that if you if you're old enough to get behind a wheel, then it is your responsibility to make sure you are fully aware of what the legal speeds are. Obviously, you, um, you have uh, you you have attended um, the um, the the class regarding um, where you drive. I did. Tra- yeah. It's called a speed awareness course. A speed awareness course. Uh, perfect. So, do you believe um, should there be a different approach also to this? Um, who have unintentionally um, exceeded the twenty miles per hour zone? I, I do. I think that the approach should be different. I don't mm-hmm. think there should be a financial penalty. Okay. I think, look, to, to for people to attend a speed awareness course, I think, yes, it taught me a lot of things that I, not that I didn't know, but you don't think of it uh, until somebody puts it in front of you. Um, and and when, when you see statistics and when you see images um, of people who've been hurt, um, you know, the, the fact is 20 miles per hour is here. That is the legal limit, and that is something that we do t- need to get used to. But what authorities also need to be aware of is that, look, as much as there are so many benefits, they need to identify that it will take longer for someone to get to a journey. Nowadays, we, we spend so much time on talking about mental health, mm-hmm. and one of the most stressful things especially in London, is to sit in traffic for long periods of time. And if that, this, if that time of sitting in traffic is going to increase, the chances are it will have more of an impact on your mental health. So as much as there are benefits, there are one or two um, 
there are one or two cons that do need to be taken into consideration when they look to penalize people um, for for breaking this this speed limit. I fully agree that there needs to be. I think that the the, the speed awareness course shouldn't be something that should only be done if you've broken it. I think they should make it a norm. You know, radio programs, TV programs, social media. Um, you know, put down the statistics that you teach mm-hmm. on the speed awareness course as a norm to everybody. Perfect. Make it more available. Don't don't make it available only if you have broken the speed limit. Perfect, Brother Kim. Thank you so much for joining us today and enlightening us with your wisdom. And hopefully our listeners have been able to pay some heed. And all the listeners on the radio right now, please make sure you drive at the uh, appropriate speeds while traveling today. Thank you so much, um, um, Brother Kim, for joining us. Assalamu alaikum. No Peace be upon you. Welcome, Sam. Peace be on you too. Zakir, love for joining us. So, Zakaria, it's always great uh, to speak with Brother Kim here. Also, that you know he has experienced it firsthand, um, and he joined the um, school uh, about speed limits, and he was taught about this. For example, your distance, uh, um, your reaction speed for six meters, and then the car breaking six meters, which is in total of twelve meters. As Lucy also mentioned, that the car breaks at twenty miles per hour, at twelve meters, at thirty. It doubles it at 24 meters plus. Mm. So we have to make sure that road safety is the paramount, right? Be it 20, be it 30, be it 40, whatever speed limit there is, you should make sure that this road safety of other users, you are also paying attention to it because your safety lies in the other people's safety also. Mm-hmm. So we, um, all the, it's not just the um, drivers who should be responsible but who is cycling, who is using a bike, who is walking on the road, especially, for example, jaywalking, where you just walk um, with um, due diligence or not yeah. caring about it, please do not do not do that because you, you might not know that a person who is driving on the road, he is also paying attention or not. Right. right? If you're both not paying attention, then it, there is bound to be an incident which, which will occur. Usually when someone drives the car, they are looking at other cars, so they then you know hit them hit them right usually that's that's the case and then you have the uh, the zebra crossings mm-hmm. or all the crossings for pedestrians then you slow down or you look right and left Correct. you don't expect people to just jaywalk or you know walk from uh, just a random corner or uh, you know between the cars or whatever right you, you understand me you just mentioned um, 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 crosswalks eh? the zebra crossings sorry I have seen it numerous times as I'm speaking as a driver's point of view right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've realized this. Some people have done this, for example, that there's a, a zebra cross or a um, pedestrian's crossing five meters down the road. But they will not walk that five meters down, but they will start crossing from the middle of the road. Yeah, I've seen that many times. And Literally a few steps and you're there at the zebra crossing. And when I when I look at them, I yeah. say, why? Just, just walk down five meters and cross safely. Mm. And you won't be a hazard to yourself, first mm. of all, and, and hazard to the um, other road users, be yeah. it whoever it is. So yeah. we have to be due diligence about our own safety. Yeah. And especially one thing, sorry, before you um, no, no, have no, your no. point into Go it. on, yeah. Um, headphones. Um, headphones... Please, if you're using headphones, mm-hmm. always make sure you are looking left and right. Right, I can't stop anyone from using it. Mm. But if you're using headphones, make sure you know your whereabouts, your surroundings, for your own safety. 
for for example road for road sorry about the mic about road say um, road, um, road safety and also for your own safety for um other reasons yeah. and these are the things we should always you know definitely remember i mean uh, i just want to remind you quoted a verse of the holy quran yes right where god almighty says that if you save one life it's as if you've saved the whole mankind mm-hmm. and if you say if you have killed someone unjustly then it's as if you've killed the whole mankind you know this indicates this verse <laughs> actually tells us that you have to save people's lives and you have to make sure that you don't kill any innocent person especially when you're driving and when you're not cautious when you're not looking at the road properly when you're speeding unnecessarily um that is when you basically as a muslim i would, mm-hmm. I would suggest to, to others as well right islam is of course a universal religion for the whole mankind so islam teaches you that this rule of the holy quran and of god almighty is also implemented and should be implemented while driving as well because when you are not concentrating when you're speeding you're basically neglecting the point that you might kill someone correct you know and because of that because of your negligence you will kill someone and that will affect not not only the family members it will affect many people right correct not just the life of the person it will affect so many other people as well but god almighty says not only will it affect um the immediate family members or the friends it is it will affect the whole mankind why because if you don't care about others right for example and when you only care about your family members then you all only and only protect your own kin mm-hmm. your own people and islam is teaching you that you should not care for only one your own ones but you should be caring for every single person on Correct. earth that's why you know I've, i want to add into this also any road users for example drivers make sure you always check your tire levels right your uh, tread level it should be at least more than the minimum I and mean, if you see you know this this small virus um, coming out from site that means you have worn them out small virus it's the vi- wires oh, okay wires yes. okay <laughs> some wires coming out from the site that means you have worn them out to, under under the limit already mm. so it's it's flat now okay. so please look at your tires make sure there's no um 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 flat spots there make sure they are fully pumped up uh-huh. to the um acquired um um limit of your car is always says is when you open your tank flap or you for example or where you, where, you, where the driver's door is in, in that ceiling area or somewhere where it's easily read so these are small checks we should do on a regular basis but and check your brake pads and discs discs also so they should be at um, at the best working conditions we also have a um, we asked a question on uh, Instagram stories yes. um which is should english roads change from 30 uh miles per hour to 20 miles per hour and majority of the people have said no which is 59% and uh 41% have said yes and i think as per the queue they mentioned. had you know if all the people who have you know uh, uh 
answered this question, if they had listened to us, then I'm pretty sure that we would have more answers to yes, because indeed there is a need for drivers to slow down because a lot of accidents happen because of speeding. Uh, but it depends on uh, maybe we could rephrase the sentence as well. No, actually not. It's understandable, right? Wherever 20 miles per hour is needed, uh, 20 miles per hour uh, signboards have been put and wherever 30 miles is needed or you can drive 30 miles without any um, accidents, Correct. then, you know, they kept it the, the same, right? So, so I just want to add here, mm -hmm. people, I know we're reaching the end of second hour also, also now, you know, the time just flies by yeah. when we're speaking and talking and learning or educating. Mm -hmm. Um just about um, the difference um, distance of um, stopping at different speeds. So 20 miles per hour, it is thinking plus braking, you should always remember. So your your own reaction and the car's reaction. Yeah. So 20 miles per hour is 6 meters plus 6 meters, about 12 meters, which is about 40 feet. At 30 miles per hour, it significantly doubles. So your thinking speed is, um, your thinking distance is 9 meters plus 14 meters of of, of the braking, braking distance, distance which is about 23 meters 75 feet mm -hmm. and 40 miles per hour is 12 plus 24 which is 36 118 feet at 50 miles per hour it is 15 meters of thinking um, distance and um, 38 of braking 38 meters of braking distance which is 53 meters 174 feet so, so as the speed increases and the distance obviously increases of thinking plus thinking in the reaction uh, plus the braking distance increases it's also well. increasing so mm. it's not just the thinking is, is, is stationary at six meters yeah but it is the thinking is decreasing from six to nine to twelve to fifteen meters at 50 miles per hour you're, you're faster as well isn't it yes. so, yeah so please mean, um everyone uh, we are reaching the end of today's show my message um is to please make sure to look out for other users on the road and make sure you pay attention yourselves and for the other road users you could, because the safety, road safety should be at, at the very um, front, at the very um, front of uh, our daily lives. Definitely. So it is inclusion, whilst reducing speed limit can contribute to improve safety. It is important to carefully consider and address to various challenges associated with implementing 20 miles per hour blanket rule it's very very important for us to understand why this rule is there yes. but of course that we should of course receive some sort of warnings as well and yes. the government can work on that because without that it will be more frustrating for people who get the you know bill uh so I would like to thank Mahida Nasir and Zohra Mubashir, the producers of today's show, and also um, uh, behind the tech, we have Sheriyar Khan, who I would like to thank as well. And thank you to you as well. Exactly.